He's got a beautiful backswing. That's oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh, that is amazing! Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's good, everybody? Welcome into the 73rd Holy Official Podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Colby Powell not with us today, but Jim Woodward and Taylor Williams are with me as always. And guys, we have a lot to get into today. If you heard our radio show with Colby and I on the Sports Animal on Sunday, we got into the Live and Brandon Grace goes on to win the Live event in Portland. And JT Poston goes on to win the John Deere event this past week. And this week, we have a lot to talk about. The Scottish Open, not just the golf, um, but the controversy surrounding that. Um, And then we have You know, obviously the British Open next week, so we have a lot to get into, guys. But, Taylor, I do want to get your overarching thoughts on the live and the John Deere last week since we did not have a show on July 4th on Monday. Yeah, hopefully everyone out there had a great 4th of July, one of the best holidays around, celebrating our independence, 1776. Hopefully everyone had a good, safe holiday there. But, yeah, guys, it feels like that we haven't done a show in forever. Obviously, you guys did a great job on the radio show on Sunday. I was not there. For that, but but yeah, just kind of overall thoughts on this last week. I couldn't tell you hardly th- two or three things that happened from the John Deere. The number one thing I took from the John Deere is my man Preston Stanley made the cut as a Monday qualifier. That's just absolutely awesome to see. I guess JT posted, end up winning. I had you guys giving me uh, the updates uh, talking about how boring it was essentially. So don't think <laughs> I missed a whole lot there. As far as the live goes, I, I think that it was kind of what we expected from the sense of it was the second event that that they've had. I think it was even better. Than what, than what London was, not even just from the sense that there's more players there and even better players, but it just seemed like everything was even more put together. And, you know, even some things that were there before, guys, that I didn't even take into consideration, you know, with, with the coverage being on YouTube, I was able to read, you know, not everyone has a TiVo or, um, you know, Dish, uh, Rewind, whatever the hell they call it. And so you're on YouTube, you're able to rewind the shots. If you miss something, you can go pull up the leaderboard again. Usually it's always there. If you're ever going to miss anything, like on, um, it was either Friday or Saturday, I think it was Friday, um, got done late. I just went back to YouTube later on. I just rewatched the golf. I, I couldn't do that with any round on the John Deere Classic. So I, I, don't, I don't know, Woody. I think that it just keeps on growing. It's going to keep being a thing that's not going to go away. And overall, if I had to give it a scale of 1 to 10, I thought it was about a, a probably close to a 9, Woody, when it comes to the lift. I had to agree with you. I actually learned, figured out how to do it this weekend and watched it and did the same thing. I thought it was kind of fascinating. I'd go back and forth. I told you guys I wasn't going to watch the John Deere. I lied. Uh, it was so hot outside, and I had so many people at my house bugging me. I kind of snuck off to my office and turned it on. I got to tell you, I, I'm sure that JT Poston's uh, family loves him to death, but that's the most boring tub buck I've ever met. I, that was – I might as well watch the grass grow in my backyard. That, if that is what the PGA Tour is going to hang their hat on, they got them some real issues coming. I'll tell you that. That was absolutely boring beyond boring, and he was boring beyond boring. Luckily, he had a cute little fiance that could smile because I don't think he could. <laughs> um, other, other than that, boys, and I have one thing I've got. I need you guys to do me a favor because you're, you're close to this young man. Somebody needs to tell Taylor Gooch to shut his mouth. 
as soon as he possibly can. I, I'm okay with him doing the live tour. I thought that was great, everything else. But every time he's opened his mouth since he's left, he's really looking very, very stupid. And I wish he'd just quit doing that. He needs to play golf and not worry about the politics and try to act like he's now the spokesperson for live. He doesn't need to do all that, okay? Can you guys do that for me? Well, see, Woody, to me, watching it live – you had so many fireworks that happened. You had Brandon Grace flopping it in the hole to basically win the tournament. It was absolutely electric. And then Taylor, when he was asked that question, had just watched Carlos Ortiz make an absolute bomb on 18 to give his team the fireballs, your team, Woody, solo third place. And Chikar is running on the green. I think, you know, he probably did get a little bit carried away with the Ryder Cup comparison, but he, what he should have done is compare it to the PGA Tour and say this was more exciting right. than any tournament we've seen all year. That would have been right on the money. When you bring the Ryder exactly. Cup into it, a lot of feelings get hurt, and obviously you know, we can get into it later uh, with what JT said about it, giving Taylor the needle a little bit, but I, I, I got – the sentiment of what Taylor was trying to say and, and, and the team golf aspect and just the electricity. These pro golfers are having fun for the first time in a long time, T-Dub. Well, it just what was the number one thing that, that we talked about with golf, right? It, with this whole lift stuff and everything going on, more people are talking about golf than ever before. And talk about growing the game, whatever, however you stand on that. But with what, with what Taylor said about the Ryder Cup, it's got people, more people talking about it. I've seen all kinds of people, I mean, most people are kind of riffing him for what he said. And, and you know, I, I'm just somewhere in between. I think it's mainly just for entertainment purposes, and I, I think it's great. And I'll say this, if the lifter has a tip system, PG's getting up there at the top because he's definitely got moving the needle on that side. So, I don't know. I just, I'm not going to see a whole lot whole lot into it. I will say this, though. If, if PG is going to come out saying uh, the stuff that he has, and I, in all honesty, I kind of hope it does keep saying because it's entertaining, he's going to play pretty well at St. Andrews because, you know, you're going out, he didn't play very well at the U.S. Open, so he comes out and misses back-to-back um, major major cuts whenever he made the cut at the Masters and the, and the PJ Championship Southern. I, I think that'll be a fairly bad look. So hopefully he can start backing up a little bit of the talk with a good play that we started seeing at the start of the year, guys. And, guys, I mean, I, I just want to get your thoughts real quick because Colby and I, like I said, we talked about it on Sunday on the radio show. But, guys, it was pure electricity, like I said. And and remember when people said that guaranteed money would diminish the level of play? This has been an absolutely world-class Two tournaments between Portland and Liv, watching Brandon Grace come down the stretch and make birdie after birdie, and then 18, he just hits a nice little Patty Berg bunt driver right down the middle, and and you can we can even hear DJ and Brandon Grace walking down the fairway talking about the team event, and Brandon Grace is trying to close out the tournament for $4 million individually. I thought it could not have been a bigger success. Pumpkin Ridge was fair but tough, extremely tough. We can get into whether you think it's five to ten toughest courses. If it were on the PGA Tour, I thought it was a really good test. Um, but, Woody, I mean, what I saw just golf-wise at the live just blew me out of the water. And, and, and as far as the broadcast goes, too, it was far and away the best broadcast of the year, too. Yeah, they won this weekend. If, if this was a prize fight, it got stopped early. I'll, I'll tell you that. Uh, I think you're spot on with this, Sam. And, and, and what I really wanted to see, and like I said, that's why I watched it this weekend, I, I wanted to see the golf. 
because some of these guys, Brandon Grace, I haven't seen Brandon Grace in a while, which a lot of people have, but he still can golf his ball. And the competition between these guys, it's there. This isn't some exhibition. This was not an exhibition. These guys want to beat each other. You can tell it. And the team aspect, which I was a little gun-shy on this team aspect. I didn't know how that was going to all go down. But that's turned out to be pretty doggone entertaining. I, at least it was this last weekend. Come down the stretch, you had those three teams buying and everybody going at each other. And it is $3 million, right, for the team title. So Absolutely, there's a yeah. lot of money at stake here. So I, I'm thinking, yeah, they're enjoying playing for the money. But they do look like they're enjoying playing golf, don't they? Absolutely. And, and, and Tita, and, just just real quick, just the team money, uh, Taylor Gooch, DJ, Patrick Reed, and Pat Perez, four aces, wins the team event. Yeah, no, they're putting $3 million, That's 750 k each. And then even on, on the team aspect, you had Carlos Ortiz make a long putt on um, on the 70th or on the 54th hole, I guess, to, uh, to get his team in, in, a, in a solo third place. That was worth a good amount of change. I'm upwards of six figures amongst all those guys. But I just want to say this because Woody kind of brought it up just a second ago. People are calling this, this stuff an exhibition, and people even compared it to, like, scrambles and stuff that they have at their course. And, like, I heard even someone earlier compare it to, like, a member guest, and it's like, like, why are people coming up with this stuff? It's like no one plays in their club championship and says that it's a PGA Tour event. So why are people saying that, that the live event's like something else? It's absolutely ludicrous. Anyone who's saying that didn't watch the golf at all. They absolutely didn't watch it. It's it's starting to become a little ridiculous at this point. And I'll say this, too. It's, I've heard a lot of people bringing up the point of, well, the, the only reason the Live had a good field was or so looked so good is because uh, they scheduled the event when the PJ Tour wasn't having a good field to John Deere. And I, you know what I say? I say, no shit. Yeah, that's absolutely what they wanted to do. That's what you do when there's competition. You don't want to have one of your one of your mainstay events the same week as the players. Or the Especially same week when as the you're Arnold just Palmer. starting out. When you're just starting out, exactly. So everyone who's sitting here saying, oh, well, it's only because it was the John Deere. Well, yeah, guess what? They were strategically playing, and and it was good to go. And now we're, we're going to see what the PGA Tour's next move is because they're the ones who don't have their fall schedule set out. So it'll be interesting to see if they want to coincide some of their what would consider the bigger fall events at the same time as what the Live does going forward. So I, I don't know. I just I feel like anyone who's saying these things at this point, Sam, just isn't watching, isn't watching the Live at all. I, I totally agree. And anyone – who argues it's like if you love the PGA Tour, you bring up politics, or if you hate the politics of Live, you bring up how the PGA Tour is better. No one can give me an actual argument on why Live isn't a great thing for the game of golf. Um, and guys, I mean, just to wrap it up, Brandon Grace's caddy, Brandon, not just Brandon Grace, but Brandon Grace's caddy has bagged six hundred and sixty-two over six hundred and sixty-two thousand dollars in two events, and was paid directly by the tournament each week. I mean, these guys, and, and not just the players, but the caddies. These guys are finally getting what they deserve. They're not getting more than they deserve. They're getting treated the way that a, a, a big-time top three sport in the United States should be treated. Um, and and I. I just feel really strongly about that if you disagree with me i could give you the numbers on how golf is bigger than baseball now uh, and look at the guaranteed contracts in baseball woody oh i couldn't agree more but of course we are a little selfish because let me tell you something guys when i take golf for a living i can barely make a living by the time i paid caddy paid travel paid everything else and i finished in the top 125 okay it wasn't like i was finishing 220 or something on tour 
so it was it was difficult to make a living. In fact, I had to justify when I got hurt going back home and just becoming a club pro again. I could actually take home more money as a club pro than I could as a touring pro finishing the top one hundred. So wow, I'm a I'm a That's we're gonna we're gonna argue to our until we die because I couldn't agree with you more. I, I just I am so excited that this thing is turning out to be pretty good, guys. I really am because I wasn't sure. I have to tell you guys, I was not sure. I knew the players were getting better, and I knew this was had a lot of merit to it, but I just didn't know what kind of product it was going to be. And week one, I thought it was pretty good. Week two was a lot better. If I'm Jay Monahan. I might be starting to get a little bit uneasy. That's all I've got to say about that. Paul Casey's going. Yep. We have rumors there's a top 10 guy going, whether it's Campley or Cam Smith or who it is. We don't know yet. But there is somebody going to go. You know it's going to go in the top 10. And when that happens, uh-oh. Whoa, boy, now we really are changing how this wagon rolls. And one real quick thing about, about the, the finances, because, a lot of people have been talking about Bryson. I guess all of his stuff almost confirmed now. It was basically a four-and-a-half-year deal of upwards of $125 million. But what I think a lot of people forget to realize when they're like, oh, my God, well, how, what, how much money is enough money? Well, not only are you going to have to pay taxes on, on, on that, but I was reading an article the other day about essentially when these guaranteed contracts for golf, the agents roughly are getting about 20% of the cut on these deals. So whenever you see the numbers that these pros are getting, just realize that the bottom number that they're actually going to get at the end of the day is going to be a decent amount less than what is reported. No doubt. And and I heard from a pretty good source that, you know, it's not – all these guys aren't just getting stupid money. I mean, I heard from a guy that is close to a player on live – that his player wishes that he would have gotten even what Taylor Gooch got. You know what I mean? And so, like, the, these guys aren't getting paid just buku's amounts of money. I, I totally agree with you, T-Dub. They're getting paid what they deserve. And T-Dub, Woody kind of alluded to it a little bit. I think that the reason why you haven't seen uh, a couple of these other big names announce that they are going to live yet is because they are waiting until after the British Open. And obviously, the Scottish Open had banned these guys up until this past week and uh and do you want to tell the people about that situation a little bit more t-dub yeah so okay so from my understanding it's essentially you had three players i believe who 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 had already filed grievances through the legal system against the dp world tour and so ian polter along with um adrian otagui and justin harding uh were, were the three who essentially challenged their suspension the DP World Tour, and now that they've been allowed to play in the event, and I think that uh, you know Brandon Grace is able to get in the field as well. So it's it definitely this is something we talked about for a while, guys. It, it's what's going to happen when this legal system comes down, and as we've seen, it didn't take long for this to happen. And I understand the DP World Tour is going to uh, you know appeal what what the court decides to do, and you know I've been trying to read up on. I don't exactly know the technical reason as to why the court ruled the way that they did. But like that's the official definition or whatever the legal term is for it. So I, I don't know what it, it just it just kind of alludes to it that the the PJ Tour DP World Tour are only going to be able to stand on this leg for so long, and it looks like that leg, especially since the courts already made a precedent at least in the UK, that that they're not going to be able to stand on this leg for very long. I think you're right. I was shocked, guys. That that was another thing, and I couldn't believe how quickly a judge ruled on that and ruled in favor of. Holter and those other two gentlemen. So 
again, we're starting to see just the first little crack that everybody said, yeah, they're, they're not going to be able to, they're not going to be able to play. They're not going to be able to do this. They're not going to be able to do that. Well, it seems like everything they're told they're not going to be able to do, uh, they're doing, aren't they, gentlemen? Yes, when they you get are. Right down to it, we're not, they're not going to have any crowds. They got crowds. Well, they're not going to have anybody really watching it on TV. Yeah. Well, guess what? They are too. And, uh, the, the competition's not going to be that good. Well, no, no, you're wrong. Well, we'll be able to shut up the lawsuit. Well, no, this one didn't work either. So, you know, I'm I'm pretty much thinking here if it if it walks like a duck, it quacks like a duck. It's a duck. Well, guess what, boys? This duck is here to stay. It's not going away. So they are going to have to just keep throwing the rocks the way JT making fun of Taylor. And they're all like little kids on the playground right now. You know what I mean? Making fun of the fat kid over there in the corner. Well, you know what? The fat kid might turn out to be a multi-billionaire and buy all of them one day. So better be careful. No doubt. And, I mean, we've heard quotes from Rory McIlroy, you know, like like he said, I think at this stage, if you ever go play on a different tour, then go over and play on a different tour. You're sort of basically leaving all your peers behind to go make more money, which is fine. But just go over there. Don't try and come back and ever play here again. And we've heard even stronger quotes from JT, you know, whether it be making fun of Taylor at the JP Pro-Am, saying it feels like the Ryder Cup, or saying, uh, you know, if you sue the tour, you sue guys like me and Rory. JT is kind of coming out being a little stronger now since Rory is being so strong. I feel like JT maybe feels like he has to kind of piggyback off whatever Rory says. Um, But, guys, it didn't look very good from what JT uh, and Rory have been saying, considering that a judge just looked at this and said, this is a no-brainer, right? I mean, that was the fastest trial in the history of of the court system, right? Horsley yesterday, you know, just coming out and ripping guys like Pat Press on them, hypocrites, and all this stuff. I've been trying to figure out why – like, for example, right, like, whenever the live guys get asked, you know, like, they're not, like, they're not just sitting up there and just absolutely ripping the PJ Tour to shreds, but everyone on the PJ Tour is ripping the live, and so I'm just trying to figure out exactly why that is, and the only thing I can think of, guys, and it's, it's weird to say, considering the PJ Tour is sitting on hundreds of millions of dollars, as a non-profit, by the way, but, I mean, it, it just seems like they're, they're scared at the end of the day their bottom dollar is going to be hurt, and that, that's the only, that's the only thing I can think of, because, because people cannot go up there and say, oh, well, you know, this guy's a hypocrite and be so passionate about it. But then at the same time say that, oh, well, they can do whatever they want. You know, I don't have any ill will to those guys. Well, it damn sure just sounds like you have some ill will towards them. So, I don't know. It just seems to me like we're past the point of there being really any complaining. It's just everything's just so butthurt. And I understand keep- the heart of it. <laughs> I, I want to see – I just want to see – what will happen if the PJ just shuts up and just sees that these two tours can coincide with each other? Because I think they can't. Um, for whatever reason, the PJ Tour doesn't believe in the product enough, so they don't think that they'll be able to. But I think they can. And I think it'd be a nice social experiment if I didn't have to turn on the golf channel every day to hear what they're complaining about. If we could just see, oh, hey, let's cover this golf tournament, this live tournament, and see if it's actually worth a damn. Because if people actually did that, Woody, the, the answer they find may be shocking. Yeah. What they would find, Taylor, is what we've said all, the, all along. This is growing the game. This is growing the game. If they would get on board with it and just get on board with it and, and to, to have JT and them say or, or Hoshul and those guys say, we don't want you back on our tour. Well, why? 
what difference does it make if you go and play there or you go to South Africa or Asia or whatever it is? It, why? Why do you not want them back? Like, because you didn't decide to pull the trigger and make millions of dollars and go this route. Now it's not fair that they don't want to have their teams come back. And if they come back and play 15 events, like the rules say, they have to. And they play 10 events on that other tour, and they end up playing 28 events instead of eight, like they said they were going to. What difference does it make? It, all this stuff just starts to wear on you. I'm like you, Tate. I, I think they just – they're like little kids on the playground. I just was saying that. It's a bunch of bullies and a bunch of network people are really bullies. Hey, come on. Let's see what happens. Let's let them play golf. Please let us all get along. Good Lord. And, guys, and, and, and real, real quick, Sam, real quick, before, before you get into it, I just want to bring up this point because Woody has brought the 15 event thing because a lot of people been, were ripping Kepka because apparently he's like saying he doesn't have to make his schedule now, but everyone's saying, well, you didn't have to make your schedule on the tour. No one made you play. Well, Woody brought the, the 15 events, and they may have changed this rule, but as far as I know, it's still there because in 2018, Steve got, got fined for this. So, yes, you're supposed to play a minimum 15 events a year, but if you do not add an event that you have not that you have not played in the previous four years, you have to play 25 events. And, and that's what happened with Steve because he thought he was going to make the tour championship. He ended up not making it because he didn't play very good. He didn't add a new event to his four seasons, so he got fined for it. So, Anyone who's saying that the PJ Tour doesn't make play places, actually, they're wrong. They're lying because if you don't play certain events, you get fined for it. So I don't know. It's just I, I'm tired of the, the media changing uh, the rules and the mainstay of the rules and what the PJ Tour is, Sam, when it's just they're, they're trying to cover it up for whatever reason. I don't know. And I'm sick and tired of guys like Billy Horschel, Rory McIlroy, Jay Monahan acting like the guys that went to play on the live are hypocrites when – Really, the only difference between the Live guys and the PGA Tour is that the Live guys are getting directly paid from the Saudis. Now, let's look into this real quick. The PGA Tour has 22 different title sponsors that have done deals with Saudi Arabia in the past, guys. And Corn Ferry even has an office in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. And so basically, the only difference is that the PGA Tour is being indirectly paid by the Saudi government. But no, you're calling me a hypocrite for liking Liv? No, you are the hypocrites at the PGA Tour. I'm sick of it. And Gracie Moore, Sam. I like I like the passion, though, that we have in golf. Isn't that fun listening to everybody right now, especially us? I mean, because we we seem like we're, like we said this, we're on an island. I, I called I called today, Sam. I hate to say this to me. I'll admit it to you. When you weren't on the air with us, I said, where is Saudi Sam? Because <laughs> 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 I love it, dude. You, you, I mean, they need to buy you. They need to pay for you. They're PR director, is what I'm selling. I'm thinking about sending them a letter or something, going, "Hey, I got your guy. It's <laughs> Sam." So, well, <laughs> I, 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 I don't feel like you're you're saying things. And what I love is you back your stuff up with knowledge. You're not. You're not ranting and raving about things you haven't done your homework on. And I think it's great because if people will listen to what you're saying, well, you're calling them out and you're hitting them right between the eyes, but they want to cover it up as quickly as they can. They want to hear what you got to say because what you're saying is something that we're having trouble with in our country. It's called the truth. 
A hundred percent. And the truth doesn't make people ever always very happy. Lots of times when you tell somebody the truth, they got to cry that and back up any way they can. And that's that's what you're seeing right now, guys. So congratulations. I'm proud of both of you because your your facts are right on and you're hitting them right between the chops. And they're not liking it. A hundred percent. And I, I guess I'll just end up uh, wrapping this up with, with one more point about, you know, these people going at me on Twitter saying that I agree with human rights violations that Saudi Arabia has done. No, I don't. Neither does anybody on the live tour. It, it, it's absolutely ridiculous for people to compare things like that. Saudi Arabia is trying to better their tourism and, and don't compare tourism to terrorism and people can spend money in good ways and in bad ways and don't confuse this with a bad way that Saudi Arabia is trying to spend their money. I, I think that people can make good decisions and bad decisions, but just because people have done bad things in the past, and not just people, but governments have done bad things in the past, it doesn't make me feel dirty watching the live tour and watching the great golf that has gone on over the past couple of weeks. I, I just, I don't see it. And I, and I think that a lot of people are being brainwashed um, by other entities of, of media that, that, you know, their bottom dollar is affected if the PGA tour is affected. But uh, that's pretty much my entire thoughts on the situation. It was a long week to be a Saudi fan. Or I mean, not a Saudi fan. To be a live fan, uh, T-Dub. Uh, you guys got me uh, talking like Saudi Sam now. But you know what I mean? Like, it, it was just a long week to be to be on Twitter trying to say, look, this is a top-level event. Treat it like it. And, and people weren't doing that. It was by far the best event that we had last week, Sam. And we had... Well, it was a pretty good Irish Open on the DP World Tour. The John Deere was an absolute joke. Don't even really want to talk about it. But the DP had a really good event, the Irish Open. And so, yeah, it was by far the best event, Sam, and people who want to take off their uh, their blinders and their – what I want to call – because everything you brought up there was exactly right. It's just at what point do you, do you get down the weeds and, and protest everything? Because the same person who is basically funding the live owns five percent of Twitter. So are is that are people just not gonna tweet anymore because because of that because of the five percent? Oh, but if he had thirty percent, that that would be the final straw. So I think people just need to evaluate what uh, what everything is and kind of look at things for what they and are. Don't not even for get me started are. on PGA Tour China, Woody. But anyways, I mean Oh I've, no, I'm, no, I'll don't I'll think they'll, they'll tell you they'll tell you boys the Bible will point blank say to you can't argue with a fool. Okay? Remember that, okay? When you want to get into those arguments, at some point, just realize you can't argue with fools sometimes. People are going to be stuck in their ways, and that's what's going to be so exciting. We can get stuck in our ways here talking about what's coming up this week, the Irish Open, uh, and then our Scottish, Scottish Open, yep. and then we can go to the – then we get to talk about that major we got coming up, the last one of the year, so – uh, and then, then, guess what? Once it's the end of July, don't we have another lip? <laughs> Absolutely. And, Woody, so, that, you yeah, brought up a great point there. You, you bring up a great point there because last week people were saying we were just live lovers because, you know, we're giving it the proper, you know, recognition on being the best tournament that week. You know what we're doing this week? We're giving the Scottish Open that same coverage here right after the break. So, guys, let's go ahead and take a break, and then we'll get to – by the way, we have – Cam Jordan, Cameron Jordan, who used to be of the Oklahoman. He's now with Golf Week. We're going to talk about his transition with him uh, for about 10 minutes here after the break. And then we'll get into our DraftKings picks uh, and one-and-done picks for the Scottish Open and the Barbersaw here on uh, the 
73rd hole on, I almost say on the 73rd hole on the sports animal because that's the one I normally host. Colby normally hosts the podcast. Uh, But by the way, go visit Ring Family Dentistry. Ring Family Dentistry is the best dentistry in Oklahoma City. Doctors Phil and Brennan Ring will get you taken care of. They do same-day clear liner orthodontics, and they will do everything possible, and every decision is made by the patient. Go visit Ring Family Dentistry in Oklahoma City. All right, right after the break, we have Cameron Jordan of Golf Week. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. And we are back here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. And before the break, I mentioned that we would be joined by Cameron Jordan, formerly of the Oklahoman, now of Golf Week. And Cameron, I just wanted to get you on and maybe, you know, let the people around here who might be interested know, you know, leaving the Oklahoman, going to Golf Week, what will you be doing with Golf Week? And, and I think a lot of people will be interested, uh, you know, to hear your thoughts on, uh, you know, maybe some live controversy maybe at the end. But Cam, what was the uh, deciding factor to go into Golf Week? Yeah, first off, thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, just uh, it's kind of gotten to the point where I uh, really loved what I'm doing, was really passionate about high school, but just kind of started looking for something else and ended up stumbling across this Golf Week gig, applied, and, and accepted the job, started uh, started this week. It's been, it's been a blast so far. I'm going to be doing a little bit of everything. I'll be covering PGA, LPGA, live, um, and then especially once the uh, – once the fall and then spring come around, I'll be covering a lot of college golf as well. So uh, really looking forward to that. Really excited to get into kind of some strictly golf coverage. And uh, it's nice to be able to stay in Oklahoma and be able to stay close to home and be able to cover golf across the country, across the world in some aspects. And something like this week with the Scottish Open and then uh, with the Open coming up next week. So uh, just a really great opportunity for me. Uh, obviously, big golf fan, just like all of you guys and all your listeners and it's uh, it's really exciting to be able to get more to golf and learn a little bit more about it. Hey, Cameron, you know, uh, Taylor Williamson, congratulations on his new job, man. You know, obviously for the Oakland before that. So kind of before we get into a little bit more of your new job, dude, just kind of tell us a little bit about your history with Oklahoma golf and give us one or two of your favorite memories uh, from Oklahoma golf since you've been covering it. Yeah, you know, the first uh, golf tournament I had ever been to was actually uh, the 2014 U.S. Senior Open at Oak Tree. Um, I actually posted a picture of that yesterday when I was on Twitter. And it ended up following Colin Montgomery all day long, and he ends up beating Gene Sowers in the, in the three-hole playoff. 
Um, and that was a blast. Just I, that kind of really helped me get into golf and helped me get into like uh, fully enjoying golf and, and wanting to get more into it. That 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 event is what really made me start playing. Um, and I really started playing a lot more in the last really three or four years. I'm actually I guess I'm going up to Boiling Springs tomorrow to play that for the first time, and I'm really looking forward to that. Um, but you know, some of my favorite memories. I mean, it's hard to go against the PGA Championship couple months ago that was an absolute blast getting to <laughs> attend my first major championship here in the home state um and then just getting to visit i mean I, i've got to play golf all all across the state um really haven't gone anywhere too far northwest yet so getting up to woodward tomorrow to go to boiling springs is something i'm really looking forward to um but just all the all the amazing golf that you do have here um across not only the oklahoma city area but up in the Tulsa area too and across the state just really trying to cross off more courses off the list and just trying to make my way around. Hey, Cameron, Jim Woodward here. Uh, get ready. Boiling Springs is going to be a real treat for you, but at 106, take a lot of water. Uh, do not drink beer unless you want to go to the hospital because you're going to get dehydrated. But, um, I was, I was going to ask you something because I don't know, a lot of listeners might not be as familiar with Golf Week as, as I'd say I am. I, I love the publication. Give us a little feedback because a lot of people would always remember Golf World and there's been a lot of different publications. But tell us a little bit about your publication and what you're going to be doing. Like you said, you're going to get into all sorts of stuff. But if people haven't really read your your, your magazine or whatever you call it, it's, it's really very interesting reading and great, great, great story. Yeah, Golf Week has a quarterly magazine that comes out four times a year. Um, and with that, we have a bunch of in-depth stories from across the PGA Tour, from across college golf. I mean, a little bit of everything. These magazines are filled with incredible content. Um, and it's only $25 for a subscription for an entire year. So it's a really great deal uh, for any golf fan who's looking to improve their knowledge of the or just looking to find the good stories behind golf. And then every single day, Golf Week, um, .usatoday.com has stories from golf all across the globe. Obviously, we're right in the middle of the busiest time for golf across the across the United States and across the really across the world right now with um, all the major championships going on right now across the uh, the, the PGA, the LPGA, uh, the Senior Tour has a bunch of majors coming up, and then coming up soon we have a bunch of big amateur tournaments uh, that are starting as well. And Golf Week has coverage of all of those. Um, there's a couple, we have a couple of columnists who write a little bit more in-depth pieces or more opinion pieces on everything going on. And, and, uh, last week we had a, we had a staff writer up in Portland for the live tournament. We'll have somebody at all the, at all the rest of the tournaments as well as that season gets ready to, uh, kind of wrap up. Not sure if we're going, uh, over to Asia for their couple of tournaments that are over there, but I know we'll have coverage of all the ones here in the United States. And it's, uh, just a really cool deal. I mean, if you're looking for if you're looking for a publication to cover golf, I definitely recommend you follow Golf Week on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, just there's so much content, and it's definitely something that'll keep you up to date on on what's going on in the world of golf every single day. No doubt. And Cam, obviously covering high school sports, T Dub kind of asked you about your favorite golf memories in Oklahoma, but I'm I'm curious to get your favorite memories, maybe one or two from just covering high school sports in Oklahoma, because you did a great job for the years that you did it. You know, I think one of the first ones that comes top of mind is, is really all the different golfers I got to meet. Um, I think one of the ones that really stands out to me is Drew Goodman. You know, I got to know him really well when he was at Christian Heritage Academy and then seeing how well he played this year for OU, who was ranked number one most of the year um, was just incredible. I mean, you also have guys like 
Jordan Wilson, who's up at OSU, who has a chance to, who, who can make an impact right away. Uh, some of the couple girls golfers, Reagan Chaney, who's from Plainview High School, and Maddie Kane, that's from Kingfisher. Both of them helped lead um, Oklahoma City University to an excellent, excellent season this year. They're both named first team All Americans in the NAIA. Um, just so much good golf across this state. Um, and it's something that I followed really closely. And now to have the opportunity to do it in a wider scope is really, really cool. Um, but I think another, the other one that kind of pops in my mind when you ask that is uh, the Bixby football team, just how dominant they've been um, at the local level. They're na- a nationally ranked team. They're one of the best dynasties in Oklahoma state history. Um, so it was really fun to have an opportunity to cover them. And I'll definitely keep my eye on them and see how long they can keep this winning streak going. Since it's at 49 right now. You know, you know, Cameron, right before we had you on, buddy, we talked a lot of, a lot about the uh, the Live Portland event, everything going on there. Obviously, a lot of con- controversy going around. Billy Horschel saying some things yesterday, along with some other pros. So just kind of just give your overall general thoughts and impressions on the Live through two events so far. You know, I think it's – I think overall, I mean – for a lot of the guys who went over there, they wanted to see changes on the PGA Tour, and those changes have happened. Um, I think it's something that, in the long run, is going to make golf better for professionals. I think it's going to make the tours have to be more creative and how to be, whether it's more money or whatever, because I think these guys just want to get a little bit more money, a little bit more compensation for what they're doing. I mean, the top players always get some, but these lower ones, like, uh, Eugenio Chikara, why wouldn't he go play for the Live Tour? I actually spent the 4th of July weekend with uh, someone who plays on the Corn Ferry Tour, and I won't say names, but he was he was throwing out um, numbers about what some of these lower-end guys who are going to live or guys who haven't quite made a name for themselves yet were making, and it's money that's life-changing. And, and for these guys, why wouldn't you go take that? Because that money is never guaranteed, and so if someone is offering you guaranteed money, uh, you have to go take that. I think the golf this last weekend was pretty good. Um, I think that as a couple of these bigger names continue to get added to these fields, I think they're going to continue to see good golf. I'm really interested to see next year when they go to 14 events and, and moving kind of forward in the schedule, how it kind of fits in alongside the PGA Tour schedule, the DP World Tour schedule, and just kind of how these events start lining up and, and whether that interest continues to stay there. And with these golfers, since it is such a different format, I'm interested to see how when you're really only playing these 54-hole events, if these guys are still going to be able to be truly competitive from major time, as long as they're still allowed to play in the majors, I would think they are. I still think they're going to be trying and, and grinding as hard because the majors are the big four prizes of the year, but it'll be interesting to see kind of if there's any fallout from maybe not um, playing as, as much. Those long four grueling days is a lot different than three. Um, and just kind of when you already have guaranteed money, maybe, and, and you don't want to play as much, maybe you're not in good of shape come major time. So it'll be interesting to kind of see how that all comes together. Cam, thank you so much for joining us today. Tell the people where they can follow you on Twitter and read your articles again. Yeah, uh, all my articles will be posted at golfweek.usatoday.com. And then you can follow me on Twitter at Cam underscore Jordan. My last name is J-O-U-R-D-A-N. I'll make sure and post all of my stories there and share a lot of our content at Golf Week as well. No doubt. Thank you again, Cam. And, and for anyone who didn't know, I, I really got to know Cam walking inside the ropes with him at the PGA. I have to agree with Cam that the PGA was by far the coolest thing that we have done in our history covering sports in Oklahoma. Thanks again, Cam, for joining us on the 73rd hole. Yeah, thank you, guys. I appreciate it.
Big, big thank you again to Cam Jordan of Golf Week, formerly of the Oklahoma. And definitely go check out all of his stuff that he will be doing here in the near future. By the way, we're talking about the Scottish Open. We're talking about the British Open, the Live Tournaments. The biggest tournament in the Oklahoma City area will be on August 29th at Oak Tree Country Club for the NALZ Golf Tournament put on by Tyler Marks. And this it's a great foundation, obviously, trying to end Alzheimer's. And they will have a shotgun start at 9 a.m. with breakfast and lunch. It'll be a great time benefiting a, a great cause. And you can get in touch with Tyler Marks to buy a team at 405 405- 205-0662. That's 405-205-0662 to get your team and, and get your ringers together and, and go win some big prizes at the NALZ golf tournament. And guys, we had the JP McManus this past week. I didn't watch really any of it, T-Dub, because of the 4th of July and it had a lot of other stuff going on. So please update me uh, on how that went. Yeah, so it was a really cool event, guys. Really cool little pro-am. I think the thing I'm waiting for is for the PGA Tour to start banning these guys for going over and playing it. So <laughs> maybe, we'll start, maybe we'll start seeing some, some sanctions come out there. But, but all jokes aside, I thought it was – literally, if you could, if you would have went to bed and you said, you know what, I'm going to have a pro-am, and I want to have the best pro-am of all time. I, and it would have been this turn. You had Shoffley, Sam Burns, Tiger, JT, Rory, Morikawa, Kepka. DJ, Adam Scott, Cantlay, Justin Rose, DeChambeau, Scheffler. I mean, John Rahm. I mean, the, the list of guys playing this tournament is absolutely unbelievable, guys. And Jordan Spieth even played pretty funny. He got disqualified um, <laughs> through seven holes because he decided to pick. He thought it was just a scramble format. He forgot that there was an individual contest. He missed the putt and picked his ball up. So <laughs> they said, you can't keep playing. So I thought that was pretty funny there. You know, obviously, uh, the biggest storyline besides the fact that Shoffley ended up winning it at 10-under, Sam Burns came in at 9-under. Lowry played pretty good at 8-under. Hatton and Podrick Harrington were up there as well. Probably going to pick them going into the Scottish Open because I liked what I saw. But the main storyline, guys, was Tiger. And I'll say this. It was the main thing I took from watching him, guys. Thank God he didn't try to play with the U.S. Open because he would not have sniffed the cut. It would have been – he, he would have shot 35 over par. It was, it was bad what I saw. You know, maybe, you know, I'm not going to take a whole lot into it from, from Tiger's perspective just because, you know, he's, he's just trying to get some reps. Looked like he was trying some different shots. He was trying to throw some shots up on the hill, uh, on greens, let it come back, that kind of thing. Looked like the, the, the first day his ball striking really wasn't there at all. It was pretty bad. Shot 77. Um, hit the ball a lot better the second day, guys, but his putter was, was pretty bad. Shot 74 there. So, I don't know. It's, you know, as much as I want to say that I think he'll play good at St. Andrews, I think he makes the cut. Maybe he'll get there on the course, guys. Maybe he'll get the weather breaks, Woody. But I don't know. From just what I saw, I, I'm not I'm not putting too much stock in, in Tiger's performance going into next week. I don't know. I don't know. I I was hoping, because I know how, how well Tiger plays St. Andrews, I was hoping he would be, you know, good enough. But I kind of have to agree with T.W. I, I watched just very little of that. And the reason why I watched is I couldn't believe the field. Uh, what T.W. was saying, I said, Where did, how did this tournament get these many guys to come over there and play it? And I know it's partly because they're all prepping for the British Open, but still it was an unbelievable field. But I was a little worried when I saw the Tiger. Yeah, I, I was hoping he would be one of my favorites, but I just can't go there here when we start picking British Open guys. I, I don't think he can do it. I would, 
I'm glad to see him still out playing and trying, but yeah, he didn't look like he was even close to 100% to me. Yeah, and I thought it was cool. We saw Tiger kind of chopping it up with some fans. Obviously, on Twitter, we retweeted one of the one of the videos that one of the fans took of Tiger asking what club he should hit on a par three, and they're yelling eight iron. And then he's like, "Should I hit a draw or a cut?" You know, and then gets up there uh, and hits a nice little cut eight iron. I thought that was pretty cool. It's always cool when you can see these guys interact with the fans. Um, but yeah, I tend to agree with you guys. I don't think Tiger is going to play on a high level like he said that he wanted to one more time at St. Andrews. Um, I, I, I just don't see it this year. I think he's going to have to play some preparation tournaments before he really competes in a major. I know he made the cut in both the first two majors that he played, but you know, guys, I, I don't see him really competing at a high level like he wants to uh, anytime in the near future, even if he did get more reps in before this British Open. We'll see, and it's going to be easier to walk, and obviously he has a great track record at St. Andrews, but, you know, and the game of golf is always better when Tiger Woods is in it, but, you know, just in my opinion, I don't see uh, Tiger really contending at St. Andrews, T-Dub. And, and I'll say this too, guys, just from a, a golf technical standpoint, his swing looked different in, in this program than it had even even at Southern Hills and definitely um, at Augusta. So the main thing that I hope hasn't happened is I hope he hasn't hurt himself even more, which unfortunately I think that he has just from what I've seen. But the question is how, how much has he hurt himself? Is he, is he putting himself behind too much of eight ball to where he's putting off years that he has left in his career, or is it just more temporary pain? But, uh, but yeah, definitely seeing some things technically wise, definitely having a little bit harder issue. It seems like pushing off of that of that right leg into his left side. There's a lot of different transitions going through the ball. So, I don't know, Sam. I am a little bit worried about that going forward. And I just hope that – I hope that we don't see him in pain at St. Andrews like we did at Southern because even earlier in the week, but especially from Friday and Saturday, it was hard to watch, man. It really was. Well, you know what's not hard to watch is clean clubs, and clean clubs can be made by Groove It Brush. Visit GrooveItBrush.com to get the greatest club cleaner ever made. Enter promo code 73rd hole and get 10% off your Groove It Brush. You can get them customized with your company's logo on there. It's a great, great gift uh, to give when you have a birthday, Father's Day, Mother's Day, Christmas, whatever. It's a great gift to give the golfer in your family and guys we have the genesis scottish open this week and it is by far the best tournament of the week you have john rom scotty scheffler justin thomas matt fitzpatrick cantley shoffley zalatoris matsuyama m smith connors hovland burns speed everybody that you could ever imagine is playing in this scottish open and guys from what i've seen over the past few weeks xander shoffley has to be my favorite this week at the scottish open t-dub T-Dub. Well, T-Dub doesn't believe it. I do. <laughs> I, I'm with you, Sam. I, 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 think, I think that Xander, you know what? We always talk about how big is it when a guy, oh, I don't know, a guy, I'd hate to say struggle, but, but you know what? He had trouble closing and winning and everything else. And it's amazing when somebody does that, uh, that, that can of worms has been opened up. And, and I look for Shopley. I really do. I look for him not only to play good Scottish Open, I look for him to play really good British Open. So um, I think you're spot on with that one, Sam. I think he's he's on the hunt, and so's my Burns. I like my Sam Burns too. So 
I don't know, T Dab, what do you think? Hey, all right, guys, I think we're 100 percent on Shawplay. I mean, he shot 64 in the first round of, of that pro am pro am deal. Shot 70 in the second round, which was 250, 100. So yeah, I, I'm spot on with y'all. I think that Xander's got a really good chance. I think Sam Burns really good chance. Lowry played good as well, so I liked him as well. Looking for JT to play good this week. I think he's going to be at top of my draft kings. And so, and I think, you know, honestly, one of the guys that I'm looking at, too, though, in particular, is a guy like Will Zalatoris, who played so well in the majors this year. It's unbelievable. But has, doesn't have that much experience on the links golf, which is something that we, we've known that, that takes experience, and you have to be able to know how to get around the course when, when there's a link-style link game. So there are a few guys, and even Sam Burns is kind of in that mix as well. Guys, I just want to see how they're going to play around that course to see what they do. And, you know, someone who's kind of flying under the radar, guys, is the defending uh, British Open champion. That's Colin Morikawa. He just hasn't – he played three out of four really good rounds at the U.S. Open, had that one really bad Saturday. So, I don't know. It's just even with uh, even with Tiger going to be there next week, there are a lot of storylines this week, Sam, on, on what I'm looking for because there tends to be not, not an abundantly amount of similarity, but there's a pretty good co- – uh, Correlation between guys that play well at the Scottish, going to play the next, play well the next week at the British Open as long as they don't get screwed by the weather. Yeah, guys, I'm curious why Colin Morikawa is the 20th favorite on Data Golf, but it, it makes sense. I mean, if I go back, uh, you know, through his play recently, you know, obviously he finished tied for fifth at the U.S. Open, but, you know, missed the cut at the Memorial, 40th at the Charles Schwab, thir- 55th at the PGA, you know, RBC finished 26th, then the Masters, he finished fifth. So in the Masters and the U.S. Open, those were by far his best two tournaments. I think that Morikawa could contend at St. Andrews. I think a lot of guys could. Um, but it, it's really interesting the year that Morikawa has had. It would be interesting to ask him whether he thinks it's a, a disappointment or a success considering he's played well in the majors but not as well uh, in some normal tournaments. Uh, by the way, Data Golf has John Rahm as the favorite this week. Scotty Scheffler second. Justin Thomas third. Matt Fitzpatrick fourth. And Patrick Cantlay fifth. And they have Shoffley basically tied with Cantlay for that fifth spot. Um, guys, do you want to dive right into DraftKings, I guess? Let's do strength of field first, Sam. Okay, strength of field. Yeah, give us strength of field for uh, Barbasol and the Scottish <laughs> Open, please. So, just, just want to put it into perspective here. So, we were absolutely ripping on, on the, 50, the 53 strength of field last week at, at the John Deere. And, and, you know, a couple weeks before that, we had the Travelers with the strength of field uh, of 405. So, the strength of field this week, guys, at the Genesis Scottish Open, it's 641, which is wow. essentially the same as what, what the Memorial was a few weeks ago. So it, it, it actually higher than Memorial was. The Memorial was a 587. The strength of field this week is a 641. So absolutely incredible. The strength of field at the Barbasol, we thought the strength, we thought the John Deal field, strength of field was bad. I saw strength of field is a whopping 10. 10. <laughs> I, I just want, want to emphasize this. Not, not, not 11, not 12, 10. It's, that is wild. The, the, there, there are there are whopping three players in the Barbasol that have that are above 150th in the world. You have uh, Kevin Strillman, 129th. You have uh, Marcus uh, Helix Clyde, I believe is how you say his name, 146th in the world, and Pat Desire, 147th in the world. Everyone else in the field is below 150th. So we'll not be paying a whole lot of attention to the Barbasol this week, Philip. 
<laughs> That's yeah. crazy. You asked uh, Woody asked how low it goes, and and you said I think one. I, I think did. ten. I think ten's the lowest. I don't know how you get much worse than that. <laughs> That's pretty. I crazy. guess if Kevin Stillman withdraws, it may go to a nine or an eight. So we're putting all of our faith in him. By the way, before we get to our DraftKings guys. Victor Hovland has to have the worst luck of all time traveling with his golf clubs. His golf clubs did not arrive to the Scottish Open. He's still, right now, or as of last night, uh, I'm recording this on uh, middle of the day Wednesday. Hopefully he has them by now because they're about to tee off like tonight, Wednesday time, uh, over in Scotland. But he does not have his clubs, guys, for like the fifth time, it seems like. So, you know, for people who aren't aware, was it Hawaii, Sam, that his, his driver broke when he was trying to get a sent? Is that where it was? Yep, yep, 100%. So, essentially, yeah, he's trying anytime, which is funny because he, he doesn't win in the United States, or he hasn't yet, but anytime he flies outside the United States, he can't get his damn club. So, I mean, it's, it's you know, Halton is definitely against the A-ball. And, you know, just for your perspective, Sam, it, right now it's either 7 or 8 o'clock over there, uh, p.m. time, so... Yeah, he's got about 12 hours before he tees off, so uh, the old FedEx or Ship 6, whoever the hell it is, better hurry up and get his clubs there. <laughs> All right. Or he could make he needs to make more money, and that way he could have his own jet, and then he could fly over there like uh, Tiger does and not worry about the <laughs> Speaking of money, Woody, why don't you go ahead and tell us about our friends at Quill Creek Bank? Well, that's a bank that has some money, and that's good they do. <laughs> but uh, I, I, will, I will tell you that the one thing that, I've noticed the trend with our podcast. Our, our our people that advertise with us, you know, they're all sound like they're a family. They're they're good people, and they really look out for their customers, and they look out for their clients. Well, Club Creek Bank falls right into that category, guys. It's family-owned bank, always has been. It's never going to change from that. Great people takes good care of everybody that comes in there from the smallest to the largest. They do commercial loans. They do home loans. They do car loans. They, they, they're every need bank that you need. Friendly, go see them. 122nd May Avenue, Quail Creek Bank. You will not regret going to that bank. All right, guys, let's dive into DraftKings and T-Dub. I guess I'll get us started with my cheapest option, and this is the greatest value that I have ever found on DraftKings, T-Dub. The greatest value. I, I am certain that this is the greatest value in the history of DraftKings. Give me Brandon Grace at 6700 No respect. No, absolutely no respect given. Given for Brandon Grace at all. I almost had him in my lineup as well. I decided to steer away a little bit. Going with another guy at 6700 So we'll actually have a pretty good bet here. I'm going to go with. Guy who's been playing some really good golf. That's Roderick Harrington, sixty-seven hundred. Won the won the Senior Open a couple weeks ago. So really like what I've seen there, and uh, played pretty good in the pro am. And then he's uh, finished top twenty the last two years at this event, Sam. So I, I thought about going sixty-seven hundred with Brendan Grace as well, but I'm gonna go ahead and uh, went with Roderick instead. So I'm gonna go up from there. Gonna go to seventy-three hundred for my next pick. Guy who won this event back in twenty ten. Give me Aaron Rod. He's been playing some really, really good golf. People abandoned himself. I expect Aaron Rod to uh, to keep keep his good play. Been playing pretty well over here in the United States. I expect that trick to continue over there. It may even be a, a sneaky pick to look forward to. If I, I believe he's in the Open Championship, so as long as he's there, I'm not pulling Mark Rogers picking Ricky Barnes at the U.S. Open. I expect Aaron Rod to have a pretty good uh, appearance at the Open Championship. 
Well, T-Dub, I'm surprised you did not go with my next pick. I am going 7,500. C. Bezel, Christian Bezadenhut, who finished second last week at the John Deere Classic. 14 of 18 made cuts, one top 10 on the year for C. Bezel. Uh, and then I will go 7,500 again. Harold Varner third, 12 of 17 made cuts, two top 10s. I think that's pretty solid value. Harold Varner has had a really solid year, and to get him at 7,500, uh, it seems like he always plays well when he leaves the United States. Yeah, it's definitely becoming a common trend for Harold Varner. Hopefully he can start getting a little bit better play in the U.S. So I'm going to go up next two picks, guys. Uh, 7,800, I think this is a steal right here. This guy's been playing pretty well. Um, especially the only time he really hasn't played well all year is whenever I picked him at, at the RBC Canadian Open. That's Terrell Hatton. I, I think he's going to play some good golf. I heard some people, you know, not too long ago, may, maybe not as a, as much recently, were picking him at the Open, thinking he was a, a good pick there. So what, what surprised me uh, to see him start showing a little bit more form? I think he finished fourth at the, uh, the JT McManus Tournament. So I, I expect him to play pretty well. But had some pretty good success at this event, too. So I like Terrell Hatton, 7,800. Then I'm going to go up to another another Englishman at 8,400. Give me fairway Jesus, Tommy Fleetwood. Um, you know he's he's under pretty much the same boat as uh, as Hatton has. You know he's been playing some pretty solid golf as well, and he he did not play as well in the program. He shot two over 73, 73 for the brand back to back times. So uh, you know, but I, I do like what I've seen from him, especially on, on the ball striking side of things. He, he has been fairly good on a stroke change approach as of recently. So. Uh, look for Fairway Jesus to, uh, to have himself a pretty good week. Well, that means I am going to go with my man at 9,100, Cam Smith. 11 of 14 made cuts, six top tens. And the, the Scottish Open kind of reminds me a little bit, T-Dub, of the players. It's kind of the last big tournament that the player that the big-time players play before the Masters. So is the Scottish Open for the British Open. And who won the players? Cam Smith. So give me Cam Smith at 9,100. I think that, you know, in a tournament with such a great strength of field, you have to look for solid value maybe in the 9,000s and not jump up into the 10,000s. Uh, so give me Cam Smith at 9,100. And then give me Will Zalatoris at 9,000. 300 and obviously we talked a lot about Willie Z this past year 12 of 16 made cuts six top tens and he's a big tournament player the only thing I'll be interested to see T-Dub at the Scottish and at the British is can his putting stay as consistent as it has been even though it's slower greens I I could have I couldn't have said what you said any better there Sam I think that you're uh, definitely spot on because I got Will Zalatoris as my next pick at uh, at seventy three, or I'm sorry, ninety three hundred, and you know he did finish twenty sixth here at his event last year, Sam. So did actually did not play in the Open last year. So um, I am expecting and be interested to see what we see there. Finished second and fifth last uh, two events. Finished second, obviously at the at the BJ Championship, like like we mentioned as well. So and in the, the three majors so far, guys, he's finished sixth, second, and second. So all really good. But Sam, you're exactly spot on when it comes to the putting because. Look at the events that he's gained strokes, gained, uh, or gained strokes on the greens this year. And they've all been in major. Um, the only other tournament that, that that was the case was at the Memorial, which is notorious for having they had the fastest greens that are of any non-major. So that definitely sets a look out there for there. But it just seems like to me that St. Andrews uh, tends to, uh, you know, behold the, the better players. It's just kind of one of those places that brings up the best in people. So I expect Willie really D to play well there, and I expect him to play well going into this event. Then, my last pick, guys, most expensive. I, I think this is a guy that ends up winning this week. 
it, it's kind of taken on the trend of playing the week before. That's Justin Thomas. I mean, he shot at 67 his last round as a J.T. McManus uh, Pro-Am, so he's got a little bit of momentum there. He's been his top 10 in the last two events that he's played here. Obviously, everyone knows what he did at the PGA Championship. And really, besides the week after the PGA where he missed the cut, hasn't played bad golf really in about a calendar year. So uh, don't, don't expect that to change uh, anytime soon. And I expect J.T. to have a very stellar week. Uh, it, my best bet of the week, I know it's really not saying much, but I'd be absolutely astonished if JT wasn't in the top 10. Well, T-Dub, I, I, I kind of agree with you. Do you think that the distractions will be any, you know, kind of downfall for JT this week? Oh, I think they absolutely can. I think that when, you, when, you're, a, when you're a high-profile athlete like he is, it's, uh, you know, you try to block those out the best you can. But I will say this, though. You know, it's looking at his open record. You know, he don't, his best finish in an open is 2019 um, at um, – oh, where was that at? That was the one in Ireland that Shane Lowry won. Yep. He, uh, that was at Liverpool. I'm sorry. That was at Liverpool. Okay. okay. And uh, No, no, I may be wrong on that. I'm going to look it up. So, <laughs> no, that was at Port Rush. That was at Port Rush. That was where it was, Port Rush. Um, so, yeah, he finished 11th there. But other than that, missed the cut 2017-2018. And then his other two opens, he finished 53rd and 40th. So, that, that's not very good at all, Sam. So, I expect this to be a major that JT is really focusing on, especially since he already won the PJ, got that monkey off of his belt. But I am interested to see at, at how he does because his open record has not been worth shit, really. Well, T-Dub, I'm going to go with maybe the hottest player on tour since the Masters, and that would be Xander Shoffley. And he's won twice, you could say one and a half, because one of them was the Zurich at the team event. But since the Masters, he won the Zurich, he finished 5th at the Byron Nelson, 13th at the PGA, 18th at Memorial, 14th at the U.S. Open, and won the Travelers and then won that Pro-Am this past week. It just seems like everything is aligning for Xander Shoffley to either play great in the Scottish Open or the British Open or both. So I, that is my top pick and winner of the golf tournament at 9,900 T-Dub. 14 of 16 made cuts, four top 10s. And I just feel like when you get this strong of strength of field, guys, it, you can have one of these top 20 players, and, and if they just play good, it, it, it's going to be a done wrap. They could end up winning by five shots. You know, we hadn't really mentioned John Rahm. He could easily go out and win this event. I think he won this event a few years ago now. So it's definitely a course I could suit up for that. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's just really hard to try to prognosticate who's going to come out and show their best stuff, especially the week before a major, because even the best players, Sam, are, are slightly looking ahead. So who's going to be able to mix to find a mix between not looking ahead too much, but also being in form. It's kind of a fine line to ride. It really is. No doubt. What do you got? Any picks for the Scottish Open this week? Any guys that you like? Like Shoffley. Like Shoffley a lot. You know, and uh, one of the things that's going to be kind of weird is with the with those guys from the Lib getting to play in the Scottish Open and getting to play the British Open because nobody got banned. Um, wonder if there's going to be a guy win this week that before the end of July, guys might go, hey, see you guys in Vominos. What do you think? I think that there's a pretty good chance of that after the British Open, Woody. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing, though, if one of those guys wins the British Open and then... Then we got some stuff you know to I mean? talk about. <laughs> oh, my. Golly, this could get crazy. But I, I kind of like what you guys are going with that Shopley. I... Boy, he's on a roll right now, and that was a big confidence boost for him, like I said, to finally win one and get that monkey off his back. So, um, I don't know. I think that would be a fun tournament to watch. I'll probably watch it more than Barbersall, just so you know, especially knowing it's just a 10. 
I'm still going. Dan. Dan. Now they still. Hey. Dan, why did you? Why did you even rate it? <laughs> By the way, do they they still play that down in Auburn? Right, the Barbasol. I think they do. Yeah. Yeah, I've played that course back when Jason Duffner used to host uh, the Auburn golf tournament there in college, and that that was a good course. I mean, um, you, I expect to uh, see the scores pretty low there. So that leads us into our uh, one-and-done picks, T-Dub. Let's start with the Barbersaw. I'm going to go with the local guy. He finished, what, 23rd last week at the John Deere I'm going to go with Taylor Moore this week at the Barbersaw to break through and get his first win on the PGA Tour. Yeah, you know, we, we were ripping on, on the on the strength of field just a second ago and how there wasn't that many uh, top 150 players. Well, just outside the top 150 in the world is Taylor Moore, who you just mentioned. So he's the seventh or eighth highest ranked player in the field. So would love to see him get, get his breakthrough win. I think it's going to be – I think it's coming at some point, guys. It's just a matter of when. So I, I think that if you're going to do it at any point, this would be – so we should do it. And so I'm going to go with another local guy who I think has a, uh, also a great chance to get his first breakout win finish. Had a great run to finish fourth last week at the John Deere. That's Chris Goddard. I, I think that yep. he's going, just like everyone is saying, he's going to be a top 10 player in the world at some point. And so you got to get that first breakthrough victory. I, I, it has to come uh, before, before, before some point. So I definitely think that it's, he's going to have to go through a little bit of growing pains. But whenever you get a strength to field a 10, as Woody keeps saying, that that's a good point to, to go ahead and break through those growing pains. So, one stop me one bit to see maybe the most talented player in the field get the win. And then T-Dub, as far as the Scottish Open goes, we're kind of getting to the point in the season where I don't have many guys left on my one and done, so I'm looking for guys that I'm not going to pick at the British or you know at the Tour Championship that I think are going to have a good week and, and at least a pretty good chance to win in this strong of a field. And the guy that I came up with that I still had available T-Dub was Joaquin Neiman. And Joaquin Neiman, you know, has been up and down this year. He missed the cut at the Travelers, didn't play very well, but he finished third at the Memorial. He finished 12th at the RBC Heritage. Um, He won the Genesis Invitational and finished eighth in Saudi, sixth at the Farmers earlier in the year. So he had a really solid start to the year, T-Dub, but then his kind of kind of tailed off a little bit hasn't played terrible but I think that Joaquin Neiman has you know the wherewithal to win on a big stage like this yeah I definitely thought about picking Neiman I think that his lower or I guess comparatively lower ball flight will help you get around on these courses I think that whenever you think about the majors that really suit Joaquin Neiman's game you kind of I would think U.S. Open but I also think Open Championship as well so wouldn't shot me one bit to see him um, play some good golf I'm going to go with a guy who you want to talk about in a comfort zone. So going back on on the DP World Tour, guys, I want to make sure I get my events here right. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. His last nine events on the DP World Tour, he has one win and no finishes outside of the top fifteen. Actually, one only one of those nine was worse than ninth on the DP World Tour. That's Ryan Fox. I, I think that he is so comfortable on, on that DP World Tour. Finished second this last week at, at the Irish Open. Third the week before at the BMW International. Did miss the cut to U.S. Open, but but other than that, finished second at the Dutch Open, finished second at the uh, Sudal Open, wherever the hell that was at. So, <laughs> and, and just looking at it, guys, all, every event besides besides the U.S. Open that I mentioned, there's only one event in there that he's lost strokes gain approach. So, I expect Ryan Fox, even with this loaded of a field, Sam, to, to play extremely, extremely well. And, and I just looked this up. I just want to clarify. I don't know if this course y'all were talking about. So, 
the barber saw is at uh, Keeney Trace Golf Club in Nicholsville, Kentucky. Oh, okay, so they moved it from Auburn. Gotcha. It says in 2018, the tournament was moved to Kentucky, um, it, which I guess the uh, this tournament is just south of Lexington in Kentucky. It's the first PJ Tour event in Kentucky since the Kentucky Derby Open. That's a hell of a name. That was in 1959. So a little bit of a wow. history lesson there for you guys. There we go. There we go. By the way, to end the show, guys, I had a funny tweet uh, that – not really funny, but uh, an, an interesting tweet uh, that one of our listeners sent me, uh, and they want to know who we would pick in a Ryder Cup format between the PGA Tour and the Live. And so let me read off these teams for you. So the PGA Tour, as of right now, it's subject to change, but as of right now, the PGA Tour's team would have John Rahm, Scheffler, JT, Colin Morikawa, Cam Smith, Patrick Cantlay, Hovland, Burns, Fitzpatrick, Xander, and Spieth. Okay, and the Live would have DJ, Brooks, Reed, Taylor Gooch, Abe Answer, uh, Louis Eusthazen, Matt Wolf, uh, Paul Casey, Bryson DeChambeau, Kevin Na, and Sergio Garcia. I wish with all my heart that they didn't hate each other so much so we could see something like this. Oh, that would be it would be absolutely beautiful to watch. I, I'll say this, you know, just to answer the question, at this point, and in, in, in everything that's been broken and all the news of people that are going, it, it's not even close. The BJ Tour still has the best. They have almost everyone inside of the top 10 in the world. I actually think that the highest player in the world rankings that Liv has is Dustin Johnson at 17. But do just want to officially say that that is as of right now. So that can easily change after the Open Championship. And I definitely think it'll change after the FedEx Cup playoffs. So as of right now, the PJ Tour definitely has a big mainstay on that. But, but given the next few months, guys, if just even half the names that we're hearing behind the scenes end up deciding to go, I think it's a lot closer. But if all the names that we're hearing decide to go, Woody, it, it, it's going to be definitely a very easy fight. Well, and, and we always laugh at the – we say a Ryder Cup is a lot of match play and a lot of motions. Well, judging from how exciting all those emotions are on the live, you never know. They, they might whoop those PGA boys. Plus, they got a little vendetta. You know what I'm saying? So, if you put it on paper, it's the PGA Tour still by far, though. Yep. No doubt about it. But, you know, that's the great thing about sports. Paper don't matter. Uh, you got to still go play the game. So, um uh, uh, the simple fact that somebody would ask that question and tweet that to you, Sam, I love it. Guess what? <laughs> I love <laughs> it, too. Who would have ever thought of that a year ago? You know what I mean? No so, one. It, uh, the Live team would have some good Ryder Cuppers, though, with DJ and Reed and and uh, and Bryson and Garcia. I mean, they wouldn't be – I don't think it would be a blowout. I don't either. You never know what might happen. And when you play those kinds of matches, we all know that. that it gets emotional, and who knows? So, but – like I said, the simple fact we even are having a discussion like that, and then they'll tell me we're not growing the game. Oh, good lord! Gee, many Christmas. <laughs> I just uh, uh, what what what's your buddy Traber always say, Sam? That gummit or dag nabbit. <laughs> so I wish they'd just get over it and let's move on. Absolutely, guys. Well, great show today. Next week is British Open Week, and we will be back. We'll be back Sunday with the radio show on the Sports Animal 98.1. But next week on the podcast, we will have a golf legend. And I'm not talking Oklahoma legend. I'm talking a legend in the history of the game of golf. So you do not want to miss that. Guys, thank you so much. Did we miss anything, T-Dub? Not that I know of, guys. I think that it's going to be – 
one hell of a week. Kind of like Sam mentioned earlier, it's like we're not picking favorites here. Whenever we're, just, we're covering what we think are the best events each week, and without a doubt, the uh, the Barclays Scottish Open is going to be one hell an event last uh, this week, just like the, the live event was this past week, maybe even better. So really looking forward to it. It's a great way to uh, to get warmed up for an Open Championship. Uh, the last major of the year at the home of golf, Woody. Doesn't get any better than that. None at all. By the way, Genesis Scottish uh, Open this year, by the way. Uh, bar- sorry, oh, Genesis. My bad. Yeah, I want to make sure <laughs> get the uh, get the sponsor right. You're 100% right, Sam. Thank <laughs> you for the clarification. Yeah, 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 because there's a lot of people in Scotland listening to this right now. So don't <laughs> screw that up. So, all yeah, right. Well, I, I, I couldn't agree more. It's always fun listening to you boys, and um, everybody have a good uh, good week. Absolutely, and happy July 4th to everybody. Thank you for listening. This has been the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.